Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani, having a crazy, crazy, crazy busy week. But with the little free time I have now, I'm rushing to get this one out. I don't want to skip a week anymore. It feels wrong. It feels dirty when I do. And um, yeah, Girth Radio doesn't really get on my ass if I like take my time and Maybe lose some consistency with releases. But you know what? I personally feel bad. (laughs) I'm my own boss. And my own boss is an asshole. He's hard on himself. (laughs) So here we go. Here's a great episode. Today's episode features a man named Joseph Ianni. He is a podcast producer of many, many, many shows for many, many years. Started out mainly producing other people's shows, and now he's bringing a couple of his ideas to life. One of them we recorded right before this episode. You're going to hear all about it. Uh, He interviewed me on it. Um, And surprisingly, it's not about creativity at all. It has a bit of serious nature, but uh, we still ended up having some laughs because that's what happens when... You asked me to have a conversation with you, <laughs> but uh, Joe's the man. It was cool to uh, do something different on the mic, and the show basically is based around the human freedom, and he explains it a lot better than I can right now, <laughs> but it's cool. It's unique. He's also in the works of uh, Legend of Zelda show, totally different, totally awesome. I'm a geek. We jump into talks of some video game stuff on this episode. And yeah, it's a fun one. Like always, shout out to our sponsor, the Pacific Junction Hotel. And if you're listening to this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or anywhere else, just a reminder that every episode has its own webpage at our home base, www.girthradio.com. You can see a picture of Joe in the studio and links to like all his social media and everything. And with that being said, we're going to jump right into this one. I think this episode starts with us recording mid-convo, and that's that's kind of what I do. Like, I always just have casual talk as I'm testing different levels for it to sound nice in your ears, but as we were testing, it was kind of an interesting talk. To, so just to put some context into the half sentence you're going to jump right into we were talking about just as a creator and in life how you can overthink things okay so you're all caught up we're gonna throw this at you joseph Iani coming at you right now Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. Uh, she sent me the uh, this emotional regulation model, and it just breaks down the thought process that people go through, whether they're experiencing joy or fury or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And the way the model is set up is that first there is the inciting incident, which might be a thought that a person has or something that is said, and 
And then it shows, okay, well, here's what happens if you don't intervene mentally and maybe everything will be fine or maybe your internal temperatures will rise and then it'll turn into violence and then a ruined relationship and then your life gets worse and the cycle continues. So with the emotional regulation model, there's a point of intervention where the rational part of the person can intervene and go, stop, what's going on here? What mindset am I in my round? Oh, I'm in the emotional mind right now which means I'm allowing my emotions to dictate where logic is supposed to be the mm, one doing okay, the dictation. Yeah. So I, I've been using that a lot whenever I start like overthinking something or if I'm getting really like angry or caught up, I just go, hold on a second, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. aware of this. Yeah, I love talking to you because you, you seem to have so much information about the brain. Even like <laughs> when I did your episode like an hour ago too, it's just like... I mentioned something, and you're like, you know what that is? That is this, this, and connected to this. I'm just like, yeah. woo, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and to put into some context of people are listening that we were talking about uh, before we hit the record button about almost falling into a pit of overthinking and how your own head can sometimes turn into, like, a narrative that doesn't even exist in a way if you keep digging and digging. But uh, I find that's, like... Not like, not a lot of people like, it's not like a universal problem. I just, I find this in myself and some of my friends who got it together, they're just like, dude, stop being so hard on yourself. And sometimes simply as that, them saying that is just like, oh yeah, you're right. And then kind of build backtrack of everything I was thinking about, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I am all right. Like this mm-hmm. is just something I've just built up. Un, in an unnes- unnecessary way. Well, I think it's a lot to do with conditioning. Yeah, I don't. I remember uh, people being hard on me when I was younger. Like, I d- doesn't bother me to admit that I was uh, that I was bullied uh, quite a mm-hmm. bit. And so, what happens is that a, a person is stuck in that state of mind where they expect there to be uh, negative consequences to actions where there aren't really supposed to be negative consequences. Because, like, a bully will respond to something for the sake of being a bully rather than respond because it's like the right or wrong thing to do yeah or right the right thing to do specifically so what happens is that a person isn't fully able to make that connection between uh, our actions and and the consequences or the nest or the what are the ideal uh, results of that action so i might say something to you and if i wasn't out of my goddamn mind, I might not overthink it or I might not be, oh, what did I say? Was that the right thing? Was that the wrong thing? Yeah, but yeah. because there is this uh, uh, this thread that goes through my mind, yeah. I've been in, in a situation maybe similar to this where the outcome did not reflect what I thought was going to be the logical outcome. Mm, okay, yeah. Right. And and, and the trouble is, yeah, we're, we're, we're hard on ourselves for, for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a common theme with me <laughs> lately, but uh, yeah, yeah, I try to, I don't know, just kind of catch myself when I, because I, I think there is like uh, situations where you should be hard on yourself. Yeah, just, I think if that's you can how you grow it, you and learn. As well. Yeah, grow and learn. Like, uh, you know, I, uh, anytime I'm like being really hard on myself, I can just think about Saving Private Ryan. I know there was somebody my age who was like getting shot at. Yeah, their guts are like hanging out and they're, yeah, craw- they're still crawling on the beach. Yeah, they're, <laughs> and they're screaming for mommy. And like, you know what? Maybe I can take on a little bit more stress. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. true. I, I had one person who was like, Joe, why are you always so hard on yourself? And my gut reaction was, oh, it pays off later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, a- I'm 28 now. Uh, I'm doing, 
It's funny. I'm not quite doing uh, what I absolutely positively love. <laughs> I'm doing like top five. Yeah. Like I took a, I took podcasting as something that I was drawn to. I enjoy the results. The 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 getting to that point was uh, attractive for me because I knew I can apply my skill like with editing and producing and all of that stuff. But is it my is it my number one passion? It's actually not. Yeah. So I I encourage people who are looking for a, a good middle ground for how they're going to fill their days with uh, with employment and to get money and not feel so terrible about how they got the money is to like have some passion but maybe not fully rely on the passion take some practicality too because mm-hmm. a person is like if, if you're like a cra- if you're for whatever reason a crazy good plumber don't be an idiot go be a plumber <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> make that yeah. money boy yeah as far as like your passion is concerned just go do that on whenever possible anyways like yeah, even yeah. if you don't get paid for it do it if you break even and if you don't break even pay money to do it you know right mm-hmm. that's because that's, yeah, that's yeah. what the passion is yeah and sometimes like just putting a little money towards your passion depending what it is um could lead to a full turnaround of you making money <laughs> from it like yeah well, i would uh, i certainly wouldn't want to tell somebody who's like making money off their passion to not yeah quit yeah <laughs> but uh, there's a there's there's a funnel because uh i think regardless of what that passion is there are more people who are passionate about it than there are opportunities to make a a, a good family feeding living off of it mm-hmm. so chill out go for it anyways yeah um yeah and then if if, if somebody is willing to pay you money to do something you should probably go do that yeah definitely yeah and so you pretty much do podcasting full time, whether it's uh, on the production side or the creation side. Yeah, somewhere between full time, somewhere between part time and full time. Yeah, it's not uh, strictly the only thing that I do. Uh, on occasion, I will do background acting as well. Cool, cool. Which is a terrific networking tool, by the way. I'm not the biggest fan of networking events per se. Some people excel in those environments, and more power to them. I have. I have difficulty with that because I try to uh, espouse my thoughts in the most uh, honest way that I can manage, which just means that if I'm meeting somebody at a networking event, I know in my head I'm here to network. And so I'm not quite as interested in meeting the person for the sake of meeting the person as I am meeting them for maybe what it is they have to offer yeah, and they yeah. need me for what I have to offer. But with background acting, I don't have to deal with that mm-hmm. because we'll sit at a table or for, for hours or we'll be out in the cold for a few hours or whatever it is that we have to endure. It's not terrible. It's actually really enjoyable, but there is some endurance to staying awake for a long time, depending on the shoot or, uh, or, or being alert or sometimes we have to be out in the cold. So it's not the easiest thing in the world, but all of which is say we have time to talk. Yeah. Yeah. You get to, to know everybody like, you're hanging with and, yeah, and make good friends with these people. Mm-hmm. And, I will take like a good friendship with somebody over like 20 connections that I just meet over the course of one night. Yeah, definitely. Especially like in those type of environments too. I find like people who will go for extra work and stuff, they're seem to like fit the type of like they're, they are creatives themselves. And you'd like, the more you'd like talk to them, you hear what their little thing is, whether it is acting or like, I know like a lot of comedians do, jump like throw their hat in for like extra work and stuff like that so you can meet like a lot of interesting people like on these sets Mm -hmm. and uh and yeah it's uh it's really cool that you are so engulfed in the the podcasting world and everything so 
how did this all start for you? Um, was was this something like you wanted to pursue, or was it something like that kind of fell into your lap by accident? The answer to a lot of these questions might end up being like a hybrid answer. Yeah, I'm definitely like a hybrid type. Um, just to give people like a basic context, like I. I, I started entering the arts world as soon as I got my hands on Flash, which is an animation software for those who don't know, and that would have been before I was growing cubic hair. Yeah. And, and, <coughs> and so the, the arts world and the left-wing world influenced me very early on, but my family is conservative, so I have a hybrid perspective. And... As far as where podcasting started, the first podcast that I was listening to, I still remember that I don't listen to it anymore because it's changed the dynamic a lot, which is fine for them, but it's not fine for me anymore, Yeah, uh, which is uh, IGN GameScoop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I started listening to that after my first year of my two-year program because I'm from the School of Comedy at Humber Lakeshore. Oh, cool, cool. And I was enjoying the the halal out of it over the course of the summer when I first discovered it. And I knew that I was going to want to make a podcast because it did two things for me. One, it delivered some information and some insight because these are game journalists. They understand gaming. And then two, and for me the real important part, was the community and it was the connection that these people had that was very genuine with each other. It didn't have that superficial sense that somebody might get from a radio program where the DJ has to be of a certain energy level. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I do my best not to disparage anybody because we understand that they need to do that for the product. Like at 6 o'clock in the morning, people are on their way to work. They need somebody with that kind of energy. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it... I guess maybe you kind of got connected with podcasts too. Cause like when you watch like these internet shows too, like a lot of them, it's like kind of like in a conver or it feels like you're listening to like a conversation with some good friends right. and it's very loose the way you're receiving your news. And it's like, people are talking to you like a person instead of like a robot. Like mm -hmm. if it, you turn on the news or something. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because there is some truth to, being influenced by the behavior of others. Let's say if somebody were to only watch film or television, it's pretty difficult to resist not being influenced by the way that the characters behave, especially if the viewer relates to the characters and sees a little bit of themselves in it. Whereas being influenced by podcasting, it was a lot more of a natural influence because these people are behaving only like in a slightly exaggerated way compared to how they might behave you know, in person. Yeah, yeah. And, and that connection was a lot easier. So they're influencing my, influencing my behavior, some of my mannerisms, some of my humor comes from these, these people. And, uh, and, I could, and, and even though a new episode would come out once a week, if I really wanted to, I would go backwards and I would listen to them more and more and more. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that they did too is that they set a, a sound quality standard for me early on because the sound quality was... I bet if I wouldn't listen to those episodes now, it wouldn't be as good because times have changed and yeah. I have better headphones now. But at the time, what I noticed was it was quiet. It was just their voice and nothing else. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're here in the Pacific Junction. There's music going on. Yeah, yeah. There's care. a little bit bleeds through, but it's yeah, kind of part of the it, show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it suits the, 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 the aesthetic for yeah, certain. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually good for it. But that was a great standard for me right away is that, man, it's coming in clear and it definitely feels like it's it's them, you know, talking to me and just hearing their voices, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to I think when people 
maybe hear uh, uh, radio broadcasting, there's like some changes in the way that a person's voices. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing it right now, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even like slightly, though, like yeah. it's nothing like too crazy because like podcasts for the most part are very loose where I don't know, especially my show, it kind of just embraces who people are right. <laughs> and like. So, yeah, I can tell, like, you're consciously thinking of somebody listening to it, but uh, you're still sounding like the guy I was talking to out there in the bar, yeah. you know? It's just, just, it maybe sl- it's, like, slightly different, right? Yeah, yeah. I, so just I, I'm just constructing my thoughts slightly different. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I, I want to say about radio, because uh, I, it's important to be critical, but uh, <clears> I'm <throat> careful not to be too disparaging, is that I think if you take a, a pro wrestling, like WWE, most people who w- would agree that it's theater... Mm-hmm. which means that you distill wrestling into its fundamental and wrestling is fundamentally theater. If you want to be hybrid about it, it could be sports theater, but nonetheless, definitely theater is the, the key element that, uh, that navigates, that it, that it navigates with. So with podcasting, the fundamental is still radio because it's just the idea of person to per- voice to consumer communication. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what we're doing is still technically radio. You know, you're mm-hmm. part of Girth Radio, so we yeah, all yeah. we all get it. It's in the title, and only a couple of people really go live in here. So yeah. they, need, they they need to maybe turn, change it to Girth Podcasting, but that doesn't have like a ring like Girth Radio. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I yeah, it wouldn't do it's it. Kind of fun it, to say because yeah. you guys aren't wrong. It's still radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so early on, you heard this IGN stuff, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that kind of like put the seed in your brain it's like oh i kind of want to do this myself too what was like that next step for you like well then would you uh, buy a microphone did you buy like a handheld <laughs> recorder or? i didn't i didn't buy anything for like the first six months so yeah. year two of college starts and i'm in the comedy program so i'm thinking i got a bunch of uh, fellow students we're all funny we should be able to make something like this and 10 years have gone by and i still haven't but that's okay <laughs> uh, i would go to the electronics department or where i can go to rent gear from humber and i would rent uh i want to say it was a boss sound recorder it's rectangle shaped and there's just like a little microphone on it and okay. i set it down on the table and i just talked to my <clears throat> friend uh, tyler hewitt who actually did a better job at uh handling the car- my first podcast ever than i did and then that podcast was called uh comedicast it was just supposed to be a comedy podcast that gave people in comedy a chance to talk behind the scenes because man the conversations that comedians have like you think they're funny on stage oh and, yeah and yeah they, and they typically are but off stage it's a whole other, like once comedians are making each other laugh that's like next level oh uh, yeah. yeah it's funny i always uh compare this to uh lots of people know who listen to this show is that i'm also a videographer and i do a lot for king of the dot rap battles too and I always say this like to people who only watch it on like YouTube or whatever I'm like you think the battle is entertaining like just like be in a room and ha- like see these guys converse with each other <laughs> it's like it's it's his own thing and like lots of people like they they keep saying they're like oh I go to the battles not even to watch like just to hang out and yeah. just like hang out and have a smoke and just hear like all these performers like shoot the shit and rip on each other and stuff and yeah i can see that exactly in the comedy world and like you see like with joe rogan's podcast when he gets a couple of like comedy store guys too just like how it just naturally unfolds the ridiculousness of the conversation mm-hmm. so you guys were trying to emulate that onto i was a mic. I, yeah i did not succeed because <clears throat> uh there was only so much 
that I can do to you know control my fellow students. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's there's politics too in how students see each other. Yeah. Uh, I was certainly seen as like the tryhard whose uh, effort kind of makes up for his lack of talent. You know, over time the talent has made up for it, but I was only so good at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that podcast went on for 120 episodes, and it was funny because like one of the the more like chaotic episodes, it was with me and uh, and two guys that I really liked in the comedy scene. Uh, Tom Hills and Jamie O'Connor, and we were just like, just shooting the shit. Yeah, like, just kind of riffing and no yeah. no set plan really. Exactly, not yeah. really. And Jamie comes up to me afterwards and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry if that wasn't a good episode." And I'm like, "Jamie, that was like one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> this is the best one ever." <laughs> yeah, this, I, I, this, that that was the kind of episode where I got one I wanted to because I just yeah. wanted to gather my <laughs> my friends and comedy together, or other people, mm-hmm. and just like and just and just talk and make each other laugh and show what how how natural laughter uh can be because you would think law of averages that many funny people in a room would would cause would create comedy and it and it typically did yeah yeah and uh that show i have it vaulted but uh i'm so far removed from the person i was when i did that show that i can't even bring myself to put it out yeah you probably don't even want to listen to it i do not no i genuinely don't (laughs) and when there will come a time later down the line where i will put it out just you know for the sake of it yeah yeah uh but i'm 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 happy with uh with what i did there um and then for about maybe a window of like three months i decided to uh like take that show and make it a, a segment in a greater show idea and that show was called stuck on shuffle and the idea there or the premise of it was it's as if uh, the show took control of people's uh, headphones and their devices and was kind of like scanning through the airwaves for something to listen to. Okay. So all the everything was based off the idea that you were listening to something that was distributed in some audio form. So the sketch there were sketches in there and they were sketches that would be maybe the school PA or on the phone or on like a radio. Like one of, one of the sketches that uh, I actually could uh, link you to is uh, a guy radios into his general like early in the morning because one of the tanks turned into a robot and he's trying to describe a transformer to, <laughs> to, the, to the boss. And he's like, yeah. uh, do you think it's a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> uh, sir, it's a Nazi tank. Oh, bad guy. <laughs> Decepticon, definitely. Yeah. And uh, that show was like way too hard to do. Too many people involved. Lots of editing, I lots, can imagine. Yeah, lots of editing. And uh, I had uh, one friend, uh, Heather Nassler, who is was as good as a producer as I was, and uh, she needed to do her own thing. And like, I'm super grateful for everything she did to help. But uh, she, uh, I wasn't really being fair to really anybody because they deserve to be paid, and I couldn't pay them. So I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop. Yeah. And yeah. I hadn't touched any podcasting for for a little while. I want to say could be could it be as 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 little as a year? Could be a little bit more than a year. And uh, another friend from comedy uh, goes by the name Eli Jakeman. He comes to me and he says he wants to do a podcast about pornography. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I just don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe get somebody more qualified. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, don't look at my history. <laughs> but, so, so what did you say to that? Were you down? Yes, of or? Course. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I chose to be the producer for it, so I stayed quiet. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and he did it with uh, with another friend in comedy, and then wh- was this reviews? <laughs> Not really. No, okay, just, okay. Uh, well, what happened was he started talking to 
we had three guests in three different episodes and they started talking about their experience in the in the porn industry and in a broader scope in the adult industry or as i prefer to call it the sex industry cool cool and and i found the conversations illuminating because it was something that i never heard before and yeah, i thought yeah. well this might be a good idea so i so we we did six episodes and then we both kind of like stopped it wasn't because we didn't want to do anymore it just stopped for x reasons and so a couple months later i'm like eli i think we did something really good here i think we should change the format and do a, a sex podcast and so we called it sex and life and that show does still exist so cool, that was all cool. over the place nice iTunes. nice yeah it's been two years since i put an episode out but my mentality was to try to cover topics that would still be in discussion today so people can still go through it like they would books in an, in, yeah. a, in a library timeless pieces as much as possible yeah mm-hmm. And that show was the first show where I decided I was going to treat this like uh, my my profession. And so I was paying money to do it, but I treated it like it was work that I would be paid for. And that helped me set my standard. And then once uh, that ha- happened, a couple of, uh, maybe like a year later, I reached out to uh, Alex Ross, who's currently running the Never Sleeps Network. And he's looking for an editor, and he brings me on to Never Sleeps Network right away to help him basically do a little bit of everything, right including on. editing the shows. And uh, that was two and a half years ago, I think, maybe three years ago. And that's still going to this day. So now I'm the ch- editor-in-chief with uh, the Never Sleeps Network. So all the in-house shows are... Uh, go through me first cool cool i love asking this question to podcasters too like oh how did this start because it's never started with yeah like i just saw a podcast i wanted to do it it was like oh yeah i was i was in this comedy course i was in an advertising (laughs) course and like it's just kind of like these little things and uh with the inspiration and the tools you have around you uh, I'm not saying every podcaster, but a lot that I'm meeting and it's just kind of they have this moment where it's like, okay, it just makes sense for me to make a podcast mm-hmm. right now and just dive into this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so you've been just rocking these edits for these guys right now, right? Or- uh, he is my primary client. Mm-hmm. I, it's been a while since I even referred to him as a client, but as far as the paperwork is concerned, he's a client. Yeah. And then I have the other one of the the next most important things, not that they're neck and neck or that one's doing better than the other, but just in terms of like my workload, uh, I, I put a post out on Craigslist and saying, if you're looking to create a podcast, I'm I'm your guy. Nice, I, nice. I, it's my specialty. Yeah, yeah. And the and one and now one person reached out to me and he wanted to do a podcast mm-hmm. for his community. And so we meet in person, and and I'm curious as to, like, how big his community is if he just wants it to be, like, an in-house show. And he's an administrator for a website for sex workers. Oh, okay. So it goes full circle almost for you. Okay, it really, okay. It really does. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, so uh, are you comfortable with, uh, with, uh, with prostitutes? I'm like, listen, listen, let me tell you something. Here's my other show. <laughs> so there's this fictional character that I really want to have sex with. And there's only two routes that I can do this. <laughs> One of them is to put so much energy into dreaming that I will actually encounter her in my dreams or get a prostitute to dress up as her. <laughs> option A actually worked out pretty well, but I'm still open to option. All of which is to say I'm perfectly fine with sex workers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
the hostess of that show loved podcasting so much uh, she's become my my prodigy now and i've been kind of like her mentor and she she does her own thing uh the girlfriend of the administrator she wants to do her own podcast uh some of the sex workers have expressed interest in, in doing cool podcast. cool and is it after you sat them down and they just had like a really good time like in exactly. front of the mic nice nice exactly once they they sit and they and they understand and they get to just talk and in, in a way where no one is like going to control what they can and can't say mm-hmm. and it's all up to them it it, it changes them uh, very slightly and i get this like this the state of mind where i'm sitting there and you know the the sex worker they're you know, usually very beautiful and, and they got the headphones on and they have my microphone set up and i'm listening to this conversation i'm like how the hell did i get here <laughs> <laughs> that's I've, beautiful yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go home tonight and play uh fire play, emblem play fire emblem. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what the how did i okay yeah yeah um, uh, i actually have a recording of uh, one of them hitting on me <laughs> anytime i'm feeling down on myself i just load up one of them and she's like your your italian producer is really hot is he single oh nice nice yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds like just like a fun environment almost it's, like, it's yeah. amazing it, it, yeah, it's 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 super fun. And then uh, I, I got some clients on Upwork.com as well. Upwork is a really good freelancing website. Some people don't quite, for whatever reason, they don't luck out on that one. I, I can't help them, but it's it's good. Uh, I've I, I've gone onto Craigslist or uh, Reddit, just kind of like put some feelers out there if somebody says they're looking to do a podcast. Uh, some of it is word of mouth, and. Uh, and at the point where I'm at now, I'm hovering anywhere between 15 to 20 ongoing projects with a cap of 30. Once I get 30, I'm going to start cycling things out. Yeah, I, can only yeah. do, I can only do so much. Even yeah, your uh, your little number of 15 is giving me anxiety right now. Well, <laughs> Lots of people like, management. Eh? It's not like it's like uh, every single one of them is once a week. Yeah. Like with the Sex Worker podcast, we haven't done one in six months, but it's my life's work. So yeah. I expect at some point I'm going to be doing that one again. It's just that's how it's kind of helped balance things out. Some of them are week to week. Some of them not so much. Cool, cool. Yeah. And if uh, ever want to get somebody very interesting on this show, uh, my episode one is a guy named uh, Mindbender Supreme. He's uh, known locally like as a rap legend around here. But as of three years ago, he just started doing porn and was like. Malcolm? Ooh. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Lovejoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get him on sex and oh, good, good. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, he, he, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah. he's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen to that episode. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, because he's got uh, different aliases. But uh, yeah, uh, he was my episode one two years yeah. ago. I want to get him back in. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. So um, yeah, what's Really impressed, or uh, I want to. I want to talk a bit about uh, the new show you're kind of building. Are you keeping this like a secret, or can we talk about it a we bit? We can talk or? about it. It's just that, like at this point in time, it's not out. So yeah, yeah. F- for all, I would. Uh, I'll let you know when it's out if you want to tweet it out or do whatever it is. Yeah, and it's a interesting approach. Um, and before this episode, as you guys at home are listening to, we just me and him did an episode of this unreleased show that's about to come out. And it was really cool to talk to you. Um, it the show it has um, a serious tone. Uh, what, what's the title of it again? This is freedom. This is freedom, and you're kind of like taking a collective of some very serious stories and almost relating it to the human freedom, whether it's. 
being like taken away from somebody mm-hmm. used and, and abused used and abused yeah, i think the tagline i said yeah. is preserving freedom of speech for better and for worse yeah yeah and uh if you guys are wondering why the hell he got me on this <laughs> was uh many months ago here at the pacific junction hotel we had an after party for this thing called PodCamp. It's just basically a convention for podcasts. You go to Ryerson University, and there's a bunch of panels. And this year, Girth Radio had a panel, and we just were talking about uh, basically podcast communities. And Joseph, he ended up coming to the panel that I was on, which is awesome. Thank you for that. We didn't know Thank if anybody was going to show up. <laughs> the, the man with the Zelda tattoo, <laughs> he well, asked I a question. I just to say real quick, yeah. but it's like, the thing that I enjoyed about that is it's nice to not be the bottom rung on the ladder, but also not be the top rung. Yeah. Just be like, oh, I'm just on my own path. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm a middle rung somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like you were just enjoying the day, just hopping oh, into I different lectures. Like, and it's like, yeah, it's like all my the learning I do in a year condensed into one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was a dope day. That was my first time doing a, a panel like that on podcasting. And uh, yeah, afterwards we had the after party here. You came out and we were just talking and we were kind of mentioned this in the episode you recorded. It's like, how did this get brought up? <laughs> but I'm trying to think like maybe we were talking about Bill Cosby or like something like that. And um, somebody asked, it's like, hey, have you ever like been roofied? And I thought of this very old story of something that happened to me so many years ago like i almost forget like i haven't thought about it in like over a decade and it happened to me when i was 19 and yeah somebody ended up uh slipping something into my drink while i was out and luckily like um i ended up being completely safe i'm not going to give away the whole story because <laughs> uh yeah you're going to hear it on joseph's show but um it was cool to do a podcast with you with such serious nature because this creative imbalance usually it's just full of like loose like we're all drinking we're all giggling and stuff like that and uh yeah it was it was kind of nice to talk about this too because it's almost like this old memory that i never talk about like it's just something you just don't like bring up randomly except at a podcasting party but (laughs) yeah 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 and it's 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 interesting like uh you want to talk a bit about like your thoughts and direction of uh, building the show? Right. Yeah. So the show is called uh, This Is Freedom. And one of the rules that I had when I did uh, Communicast was if you're in the room, you're fair game, which means you can get ripped on as as, as, as I have been and I have done ripping and, and so on. Uh, if they're out of the room, you can't disparage somebody. Yeah, yeah. And... It, it was really important to me to have this, these, these standards of uh, utmost inclusivity and, and not like mess with people when, when they can't be there to defend themselves. And so I, I'm, I'm a lot about fundamentals and trying to get to kind of like the root of what's important and start there and then build my way up from there. And, you know, and I'll, and I'll listen to, to other podcasts and, uh, and, and, and one of the things I really dislike is seeing like YouTube videos where it says X destroys Y. I'm like, well, this isn't mm, constructive. Yeah, yeah. This is making this is making things worse because it's sowing division and it's turning into winners and losers when we don't we don't need that. We need yeah, to yeah. Uh, come uh, and figure out what the solutions are. And free speech is just something that I've always uh, been a champion of and I've always been in support of, 
even when it inconveniences me because I just know how important it is foundationally and and I can go and I can vouch for that I can with my podcasting record I've just been doing that naturally by myself for for years and years and uh, in the last couple of years I think uh, people can certainly agree that uh, a lot of issues have kind of like bubbled up to the surface and I wanted to create an environment where anybody was allowed to come on and say their piece. Uh, what I wasn't really planning on doing was turning, uh, was adding like a journalistic edge to it, where I would actually like, but what happened was I would just go out into into the world and like what would happen with you is that you told not only told me this the story, well, the, the, the Cliff Notes version of your story, yeah. but you hadn't told that story before. And I thought, well, you know what? Okay, I'm following my own rules here. This is a, it's a free speech platform. This is why I created this environment because if something like this comes up, we can take that and we can, and we can make something out of it. So the, the rules for the show is that it is an open invitation, freedom of speech platform. A person can reach out to me and decide on what topics they want to talk about. Uh, if I agree or disagree that, whatever maybe i'll play devil's advocate maybe we'll try to try to debate it but uh, i just want to do my part for freedom of speech because it's something that is it's it's critical to my work a it's something that i i'm I'm very concerned about uh in in the environment because i know that i'm a sensitive person too and there was a window of time where i was like kind of glad that people were being shut up yeah yeah it was like okay yeah maybe maybe you're right but the reason why people are sensitive is because they've gone through a lot and you can stand to kind of like ease up and, and leave people be. Yeah. Uh, and that was wrong <laughs> because what's happening is that people are uh, lacking in the emotional and intellectual strength. It needs to lift the weight of an idea that's heavier than the ideas that they currently lift. Mm. And it runs parallel to the way uh, uh, people physically lift weight. Like if I can only lift 20 pounds and then all of a sudden I'm thrust with an 80 pound weight, I'm going to pull my muscles. I'm going to go into uh, recovery mode. There's going to be swelling. There might be bruising. I might drop it, hit my feet. And it's a very bad thing, which is why people need to do weight training. Yeah, and yeah. So, good comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And so what we're trying to do here is intellectual weight training mm-hmm. so that people can get stronger and so they can handle uh, heavier ideas and, uh, and, and, and evolve from there. And uh, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a part of like some uh, of a, of a private free speech group on Facebook where people just kind of like share you know uh, memes that we can't really post onto the main feed. Yeah, and I yeah. thought you know this is a great community of people because there's some really good discussion here and some really good debate here and and the way for me to do my part is to make a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and it seems like yeah out of anything like that's what you know too like exactly beyond like writing a book or like a television show it's like no it's like i'm in the podcast industry let's do this yeah but I, and again i certainly did not think that i was going to do this episode with you so it just goes to show that even though i had like carefully laid out plans i was still open to the inspiration of like okay well you know what if if any if there's anybody's story who i think needs an environment to tell it where the environment is going to be respectful of the story yes, and even I, so man some of the shit that we said on that episode is hilarious yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, that's like kind of like a thing i do like when i start like saying anything uncomfort like my brain just automatically will like flip something into like 
something comical. <laughs> I don't know. It's well, like well, I just the... find that there's different <laughs> veils of, of truth that people can handle. Yeah, yeah. And and I am usually I'm I'm somebody that am as willing to go as far into the conversation as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, just my concern is being in an environment where maybe people aren't really ready for that or they don't yeah, want to deal yeah. with that. So with a show like This Is Freedom, it's like we're not gonna this is whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen yeah yeah you know? i thought like even though like you don't have to i'm telling you this now like joe you don't have to approach me carefully with anything <laughs> but uh it was very nice and sweet of you of how you asked me like when you sent me the messages it's like you were very conscious of like if it was because luckily the story does have a good ending to it too but like i guess when you're approaching people with these big themes too it's I don't know, it can connect with a lot of, like, hurt or whatever, mm-hmm. where, yeah, you just basically, like, asked me, like, you, you said, like, or, or ensured me that it's going to be a comfortable environment and, like, yeah, yeah, just, it was it was nice. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm just like, bro, I'll talk about anything. Yeah, <laughs> lay it on me. But, uh, but, yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah, I guess going forward with the show, too, like, it's cool to see it you doing this but you're not like really like doing it to exploit people at all like right. the like, vibe i get like from the, you oh or, what a scoop yeah yeah and it's not gonna be like the headline is like oh dude got roofied at bar it's just like no it's like well i, I mean the the title of the show that i've yet to convince myself i'm not gonna uh, the episode sorry the yeah. title of the episode is uh the indefensible act of date rape i'm excited to uh kind of hear what you put together with the other episodes too it just seems something like i'm intrigued mm-hmm. and uh i noticed too as i was talking to you and getting into the story too there was moments where my body was starting to tense up like thinking of these things and i don't usually have that feeling while i'm doing um podcasts because like i said it's all like fun and games in here so it was just kind of cool to for me like personally to do something different and put something i don't know like yeah just totally different out there with my voice and yeah thank you for that it was it was a good experience even though it's a story about me getting drugged (laughs) unwillingly Well, it's good Sorry. to know that if I wanted to approach mm. you with uh, a, a little more humor and a little less empathy, I could have and be like, so when are we going to do that date rape story? <laughs> yeah, next time I get date raped, I'll call you. We'll do that. <laughs> but, um, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure there's an emoji that captures the situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, another thing that I thought was cool about you was uh, you got the Zelda tattoo on your fucking hand. Just like the Ocarina of Time characters, <laughs> I'm expecting it to just light up somehow. And, uh, I could there 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 it is possible to get a glow in the dark tattoo. I, I decided not to do that. Really? They just use like glow ink that's like permanent forever. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I didn't know that's uh, a yeah. thing. Well, it's it's all relative. <coughs> like now that I have, it's just one tattoo, but. Anybody who doesn't have a, have a tattoo now sees me as the tattoo guys. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get the Rebel Alliance on my shoulder. I'm like, great. Do it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say, uh, because I, I, I knew I wanted this tattoo, and uh, my and a, and a comedian friend, Matt Shuri, he was very kind to uh, get, uh, do it for me for my birthday. He didn't draw it. He paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I and I had this huge anxiety attack that lasted like six months after it because I thought I ruined my life over this tattoo. Like I'm not gonna get a job anymore. Well, 
I made a job up anyway, so okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do what I want. Next time I see him, I, I have to apologize to him and say, "Hey, Matt, I'm sorry. I told you that I might remove this because honestly, it was really was one of the best things anybody's ever done for me." Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got that off my chest. But what I what I encourage anybody who doesn't have a tattoo, uh, who's thinking about getting one, try to picture that you basically already have it. If it's that important to have on your body permanently it has to be something that you think is already there and what you're doing is you're paying somebody to reveal it rather Uh, than to draw it so they're they're removing the part of the skin that or the color on your of of your skin that is obscuring the truth Mm. for me the truth was this tattoo was inevitable i had to get it nice respect man i just got my first tattoo the other month as well and uh oh what is it uh, the creative oh, imbalance. Yeah, the, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's uh, my friend. Um, her name's Kat Clyde. She's a touring musician, doing very, very well. And uh, I haven't seen her in like a year, but I noticed as she was like touring, she's been uh, getting into like stick and poke tattoos and getting really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she mentioned like a long time ago that she'd do one on me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. But I always like noticed she's been really busy. And then just this year, she was. She's a little more close to uh, Toronto. She came up to Toronto, and I'm like, I want one of those tattoos. And then right after I said that, I got a little nervous. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is going to be on me for life. And I always thought of getting this logo, like, on me. But I was also, like, mentally thinking, like, oh, maybe she doesn't have a lot of time being overly courteous. And I was going to get something else that was a lot smaller, and with her not even knowing I was thinking of getting this in this placement, she uh, she sent me a text later that afternoon. And she's like, oh, me and my boyfriend were talking. We think you should get the broken light bulb. And then I just looked at my phone. I just smiled. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what I want and need. And it's weird because, like, it's so new and it feels like it's been on me, like, my whole life. Right. Almost like you were telling people, like, to picture that. And it's almost to the point where I don't want to get another one. I'm like, no, this is kind of like what I'm about. And I'm sure there's some symbolism in the Triforce, like beyond the game that's like connected to you in a way. Well, I'm, I'm very connected to the Zelda series. And some of yeah. my, my, my greatest ambitions in life do involve around Zelda. And there is another podcast that I'm also constructing that's not out yet called The Hylian, which is yeah. a, a, a almost like a master class in Zelda where we really get into like the, the game design and the art and the and the and the storyline of it. So I can't wait till you make this. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a podcast that I want to make, but I'm too lazy to actually do all the fucking research <laughs> and like break it down. But well, you, you're going to be a guest on it. Okay, and, wicked, wicked. Yeah, yeah, but it is topic based, so you have to know what topic you want to talk yeah, about. Just then, give me a, like a race or the like Gorons or whatever. I'll come on. Okay, just, we can. Like, yeah, or, yeah, or, or just or just something like, random like the hook shot, and then I'll like just learn everything about the hook shot, and we'll come in. Okay, yeah. I mean that's. Uh, uh, I, I basically think all of those are uh, at least a decent idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something deeper. But um, yeah. So my, my greatest uh, uh, goal, life's goal is uh, uh, to make a... So there's a primary goal and then there's like a secondary objective. Primary objective is to make The Legend of Zelda movie for the Nintendo. Yeah. So Long sec- overdue. The secondary objective is to be the first to do it because... I think they're working on a Mario movie right now, and my idea was the Zelda movie uh, sets up the Nintendo universe, 
so that the Mario movie comes next. But there's one in production right now, so I don't think I'm going to complete my secondary objective, but that's okay because yeah. my primary objective is still the important one, which is to make that movie. It's so cool. Yeah, so what I want to do with the Hylian is establish myself as an authority on Zelda and start making some of these moves t- towards the the Zelda the Zelda community because I, I mentioned this in uh, in our uh, other recording and I can mention it here but two of the, of the communities that I can really be a part of there's two that I haven't yet for whatever reason maybe I like being a lone wolf who knows yeah. but it's the podcasting community and the Zelda community mm-hmm. two of just from what I've seen of the most extraordinary communities that I just have yet to because I mean I my my I do have like my own problems with ego and with insecurity so yeah. the hard you kind of want to be control of like a lot of your stuff or that's when that's that's true uh what i would say is i need to be able to meet anybody else in the environment as a peer mm-hmm. and so with the the zelda community let's say uh there are cosplayers and there's musicians and there are artists and just do just the most incredible work yeah. and i can't do any of that and so i so i'm like okay there's one thing that i can do uh, as well as what they can do and that's podcasting yeah, so that's yeah. my way of making sure that like i enter and i'm and i'm not and i'm definitely more of an asset than a liability mm-hmm. and 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 it, and it is definitely like an insecurity thing too because even when i was mentioning to you about uh, about setting this up i was very cognizant of the fact that uh you have a show you have a following uh, you have a platform and i would be remiss if not to uh, point out that your platform has more to benefit me than my current platform has to benefit you. So I, I just wanted to make sure that I was, that I was respectful no, of that. I, dude, I feel like we're just all peers of this too. It's just, I feel like with my show too, there's like, it's growing, but there's a, there's still a long way to go and we're, we're just doing yeah. it. We're just doing it. And even like prior to me doing this too, like I hear of all your um, history in podcasting and you got years and years on me, man. So we're all peers. You're just uh, you're just diving into a new idea right now, which I think is rad and exciting. And yeah, yeah, it's awesome too. So like, yeah, I don't think uh, you had a lower like almost like I mentally like when I hear your story, I'm like, oh, this guy's way above me <laughs> in like well, technicality. It's, it's, as, I mean, as long as uh, as you know, we've all made different contributions. I, I, have, I have a friend who he was struggling with this too because. He doesn't have the proclivity for a public persona that I do. Mm-hmm. He's he's family oriented. He's working full time. He, he bought a house. He's, he's going to marry, marry his girlfriend imminently. Uh, everything is very going very well for him in that milk toast way, which I don't mean in the bad thing. It's just him. And 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 he yeah, yeah. and he he was jealous of the way that I've put myself out publicly and a focus on work that. I, I can put out words and and and, I, and I'm very proud of my of my work accolades mm-hmm. and and actually was thinking about that like afterwards and like what what do I tell him to make him feel better and I and I really think that like archetypically he he and I need to see each other as kings of our uh, respective kingdoms yeah and what is his kingdom he's he's the king of family he's the king of uh, his of, of his of his realm. Yeah, his yeah. Just house. have like something stable where he's doing well. His wife, his kids, smiling. You yeah. know, and, like can live. Yeah. Or maybe your kingdom is just like going for just this creative life mm-hmm. and like putting your stuff out there. Is is that how you feel or like? 
A, a lot of that, absolutely. Uh, I think it just comes down to how how we di- how we network differently because yeah. his network is his family, and he has he has a big family on both his mother's and his father's side, and so just mathematically, the decisions that he make will have an adverse effect on upwards of a thousand people, given the degrees of separation. And the same is true for me. It's just it's not like, I mean, I don't really think about my my mother's or my father's family all that much. One of them I, I basically cut myself off of for X reasons. Mm. And the other one we just haven't really had a chance to really get to know. We keep trying to, but it hasn't worked yet. Yeah. So I, my kingdom is the networks that I've established. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, with my different clients and the different people that I work yeah, with. And, and, it's, it, and it manifests in a way that's wholly my own. Definitely, too. Like, it's almost like turning into this whole, like, own ecosystem. Like, when you talk about, like, doing the porn show and now, like, all the fucking uh, sex workers are like, oh, I want my own show. And yeah. it's just, uh, I don't know, it just kind of, um, the inspiration spreads around and you're seeing, like, these seeds get planted in different people's brains, which is yeah. so cool. Yeah, I think I think what a lot of people struggle with, though, and I certainly struggled with, is that idea of like, why is why is nothing happening? Um, and I think one way to approach it is that there is setup, and then there is payoff. And and I spend a long, long, long time in setup. In fact, I would still say that I'm still in setup. Like, yeah, yeah. My, arguably, my two biggest projects, This Is Freedom and The Hylian, aren't even out yet. Mm-hmm. But those are well, they're being set up so that when payoff comes it lends itself to setting up for the next things. So I think if, if a person hasn't succeeded yet, they just have to say, well, I'm still in setup. Yeah, that's true, true. I'm still in setup. <laughs> We're all still in yeah, it's, it's funny. Toronto is a setup-friendly city. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a payoff city. I, I hate to say it. I love the city, but any time something good comes, it usually goes somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Almost like this convo going in full circle too. Like I just said that and that's me again like being hard on myself because yeah. if you can imagine, I started the show in a park with just a little hand recorder and now like sometimes I got to look around and just I'm in a bar with beautiful people and we got this space and they're picking up the tab and I get to do yeah, the show uh, and it's connected like, to like this network and it's like, man, like it's happening. But sometimes like I look way too ahead on the next mm-hmm. step and obsess about it where I'm not like um, looking at the whole picture, which I'm trying to consciously do again. And I cheers you right now, but <laughs> we finished our beers. <laughs> We're going to have like another one before we go to just kind of, I don't know. For me to, to for me to take a moment and realize this is awesome because like every day I'm just like oh why haven't I got to this next step yet and like I can obsess about it and maybe like even weeks will go by but you know what it's still moving forward baby so it's cool it's cool and yeah yeah um, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice for some reason we've been talking it's, a lot it's, today. It's, yeah it's this like is, it's like I did another like... podcast earlier. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool, though. I, I, I'm almost thinking like this: there will be this understanding where, uh, in between the two recordings, if we both just like ate and drank in silence and be like, "We're saving every <laughs> recording," I would be like, "I would understand." I would understand. Yeah, yeah. Even like uh, the in between, we took like a good like half hour, forty minutes, ate nachos and drank, and we were still talking yeah, out there things, too. Things, like things, that could have been a third podcast at that table, which is. It's beautiful, man. I'm uh, I'm enjoying my night. I'm glad uh, you asked me to be on your show and you came out here to record it and everything. And yeah, super super cool. Yeah, and you went and you offered to you had all the gear right to to set everything up. I'm like, wow, just so great. 
Do you have a plan on like once you get these episodes, like how you're gonna release it, or? You mean like if I had what for the for the be? Freedom Show, like uh, usually my my go to reaction is to put one out once a month. So I would uh, I would do that, and so then that way I can collect episodes as I go, try to have a few ready so that I'm never like hurting for an extra episode. I don't focus too much on timeliness. I just. I, I've always been inspired by the way Blizzard Entertainment puts their stuff out. Yeah, they just like when it's done, it comes out. Yeah, and so that's always kind of how I've how I've approached it. That's a cool model too, because like their games, like they're solid. You know, yeah. it's not like they're they have like this deadline and they're like, oh, it's still like all crazy buggy. Like, yeah, we just got to send it out anyways. We'll patch it later. It's like no, they really put their heart and soul into it too. And yeah, going back to your tattoo, that's a fucking staple of Zelda games too. Like they really have this piece and like I'm sure the new game has glitches in it, but I well, ha- I, I haven't found it. <laughs> like well, I will tell you yeah. um my my day one story because I made sure that I did not do anything else that day. Yeah. with uh with Breath of the Wild. And so I downloaded it the night before. Uh the morning of I'm ready to rock. I've loaded up my vaporizer. I got chips. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. And then there's an update. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm not starting on anything else. So I actually did just sit there and watch the update bar fill. 1%, 2%. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so that goes. And then, and so, and I'm, and I am aware that there was some frame rate issues mm-hmm. and I try not to be like too worried about it. And so I, I'm playing it and it's running at 30 frames per second. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, this is fine, whatever. And f- Overall, the day like it was just wonderful. I was it was like I was in a dream. It was like I can't believe this is. Cause I I said a prayer before I started the game. I'm like, dear God, please be good. Please be, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what I said. Please be good. Skyward Sword was fine, but we need this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it certainly is. Uh, I get to uh, Kakariko Village on my first day. Like that was like the last thing I did, and it was so laggy. Really? Okay. Was like, I don't know yeah. if you ever played like an MMORPG where one goes to a capital city and all the players are converging. Yeah, there's too like, much shit on the screen. Exactly. Yeah, so people who aren't into like gaming too, like sometimes like they'll build games that are like have more shit going on that the hardware can't handle, and mm-hmm. it just kind of goes into a slow mo type of mode, and like right. you see things skip. And yeah, if yeah. one understands the concept of frame rate, just picture that the more information the computer has to process, the harder it is on the frame rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was all fucked when you... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty bad. And I was just like, I called customer service and I demanded a refund. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I, like a week later, I bought the CD version of it. And I don't, I'm, okay, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm certain that I overreacted. Yeah, that yeah. part is undeniable. You wanted to let them know. Yeah, this is not like, cool, man. Yeah, I'm not eight years old. This isn't the Nintendo 64 Ocarina Time. Okay, this isn't the, the the Ganon battle. This is this is Zelda. You guys need to hold this to a high, the highest degree standard possible. Yeah, and it's one thing for there to be these little glitches here or there, but to enter in a town and to get a slideshow of it rather than <laughs> just be able to like wander around towns like that. We haven't been able to walk around in town in in a Zelda in, a, in like seven years. A major town, a lot longer than that. Uh, no, so yeah. I so I demanded a refund. I got the CD version of it, and I think they they, they managed to fix the frame rate because I've been reading some reports about that. So it's fine now. Yeah, I played a year later and it was good. Like I didn't see anything, but yeah. yeah. Well, did you play it on the Wii U or the Switch? Switch on Switch. Okay, yeah, yeah I played it on the Wii U. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so uh, 
I, th I think the Nintendo developers, they knew that like the Wii U can own, was only capable of so much. So I think they know that if people are really passionate about it, they'll emulate it on the PC. And if you want to see how beautiful that game can be, watch PC emulation of it. Like 4K, 60 FPS, looks better than it does on the Switch. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's a whole other thing. So that's would be like the next way. My next run through of Zelda would have to be on a PC emulator. Cool, yeah. cool, yeah. Actually, uh, I, uh, I'm so happy with the Nintendo Switch right now. There's just, like, I haven't had a handheld thing since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. it, but it also doesn't feel like a kid's toy at the same time. You can dock it into your TV and, like, just play, like, on the big screen or whatever. But then it's just like, yeah, I kind of want to take this b game to bed with me. It's <laughs> just, like, automatic, like, one second. You just pull it off the dock and now it's in your hand and stuff like that. It's Yeah, I, it's uh, so I don't cool. even have a Switch yet, but... Yeah just from what i've uh, picked up on it's probably it's it, it could very well be nintendo's best system of all time mm -hmm. probably by now top three yeah uh it's it sounds like it's going absolutely amazing so yeah there's this indie game i've been uh going nuts with uh all this weekend it's called golf story <laughs> and you look at it and you're like okay yeah it's just like a golfy game but it almost reminds me of link to the past uh, Super Nintendo, like even graphically and everything, you're just this kind of guy like walking around different villages and stuff. But instead of like your whole like objective is to like take down Ganon or whatever, there's all these little like cute people drama, and you have to like have golf matches <laughs> and like, but it like it starts off like normal like no supernatural things or whatever and now like there's like freaking ghosts and like werewolves and well, the and game's they, getting they, like ridiculous and so like I take it they challenge the player to golf as well yeah 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 there's like all this weird like and like little like uh you know how like in zelda there's like um some areas you're like oh this area looks suspicious and you put a bomb there and it blows open a right. hole there's like different things like that too because like even when you're not in a golf match you can like drop the ball down and like hit things or use like your so i'm learning about golf playing this game too because i'm not a golfer either <laughs> there's like a pitching wedge but you can use it to dig things up like randomly and oh it's just it's just hilarious and like the narrative is just like almost the game starts your wife leaves you because like you're this pro golf or like you're trying to be a pro golfer and you're nothing and then she's just like you'll never amount to anything and then she just keeps coming back the better you're doing and uh the golf reporters are like not interviewing you they're like let's go back to the vengeful wife and they're just like yeah i can't wait till he wins this tournament and me and my new boyfriend we're gonna take half his money and like it's just like it was it's so freaking silly and like i never thought i'd get into a game about golf like so much but i think i went on this tangent too because the game reminds me of uh the super nintendo zelda which i wanted to say before i went into 10 minutes of talking about golf story <laughs> but yeah recommended for the switch is there any like indie games you like to play too because uh i feel like over like the past decade a lot of uh, these indie games uh i've been having a lot of better times with them than these big name titles i don't know what it is if it's just because i'm too busy lately or There's lots of people making decisions on the project yeah that, yeah. The, that the execution is closer to the initial vision mm -hmm. or if a game has to go through like a, a focus group or a board of directors it's you know it's not as uh it's not as conducive to realizing the the vision of the game and then there was this 
trend. I don't think it's as uh, uh, popular now as it was, I would say, in the early, like, 2010, 2011, but producers wouldn't put a game out unless it was annualizable, like Assassin's oh. Creed and Call oh, of Duty. Yeah. And annualization has been around for a while in sports games. Mm-hmm. The, the reason why I can never buy a sports game is because I knew it had a lifespan of a year yeah. before the next sports game would come it's out, and like I just refused. Change. Yeah, I refused to buy those because when I bought a game, I made sure that this was a worthy co- like addition to my collection and that I could pull it off the shelf and play it whenever I like and not mm-hmm. feel like there's there's something that's come along to replace this and this game no longer has its value because even in the zelda series i find that the zelda series is great because they design their games laterally to an extent yeah by that i mean there are things that make ocarina of time good that don't make that aren't the same reasons for twilight princess or for breath of the wild yeah yeah zelda fans can play even the original nes zeldas and have a complete a wild completely different experience mm-hmm. than what they might get from a twilight princess or phantom hourglass yeah yeah but to answer your question about indie games uh, i could certainly stand to be a little bit less of a basic bitch when it comes to indie games i guess the most indie game the most like that i play regularly would be rivals of ether which is a 16-bit version of smash where all the animals have superpowers like fire and lightning nice, uh, nice. one indie game that really stood out to me was the stanley parable which is this it's a it's a game about this uh, narrator who's trying to direct the player but the player can choose to not do what the narrator says and do something else oh okay, the narrator okay, yeah. gets worked up over it <laughs> and, 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 I'll, and i'll give away the first choice which is i'm almost sorry that i am but just to understand yeah. so when stanley reached the set of two open doors he took the door on his right but then there's a door that's on the, on left. the left and you can move freely yeah. so uh, actually i think it's the narrator says left but yeah. one way or the other so if i go through that one the narrator says this was obviously not the correct choice but stanley decided it was worth it to go to the break room <laughs> ah yes the break room what a beautiful room Eager to get back on track, Stanley went to the door on his right, and then the player can continue to divert, and the narrator gets more and more worked up and actually starts to, like, attack the player. <laughs> it just start deteriorating by your moves. It's yeah, like... exactly. So oh, that's cool. a great one because that's it very just creative. talks into the nature of choice and, uh, and, and consequences. And there's some very moving sections in it that I do not want to give, uh, give away, but there's nice. some stuff there that really stuck with me just about, like, life and death and... Cool, cool. What, what's it called again? The Stanley Parable. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. I find like a lot of these indie games too, like they're almost like not playing it safe. Like you mentioned, like the focus groups and stuff like that, where like a lot of these like are just turning out to be these art pieces that happen to be a game. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting to see. It's Well, yeah, I'm always like, I'm always interested in looking at them through the lens of the same lens that I would apply to Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, what makes the Stanley Parable playable in the same way, like, what makes Sonic the Hedgehog playable? And one of the things about game characters is that there's something that drives them. Like, Sonic, he loves running and jumping. That's his thing. Uh, Stanley likes pushing buttons. Okay, okay. If a person plays the game, they will learn very quickly that it is a lot about pushing buttons. And that narrative thread extends from the literal into the metaphysical because he's pushing the narrator's buttons. Yeah, yeah. If you had a game based on you, 
what would be your driving like based on me yeah based oh, on you geez. okay this is well, a heavy I, question <laughs> I, well, i've never been i never been asked this but yeah, luckily, i never asked anybody this before. well luckily i can i, I can answer it mm-hmm. uh it would be oh, geez, it would be called uh uh, uh shrimp and snap Okay and, okay. it's, and it's the way I break down my ego because my ego is into two facets. There's shrimp, which is the name I typically use when I'm playing online mm-hmm. or, or tags in tournaments. Uh, the full name of it is tiny enemy shrimp, which is a reference to an old meme called giant enemy crab. You can look it up. And, and that's me like, you know, just being nice and being, being, and, and just kind of like allowing people to do their thing, but collecting information and being like, mm, okay. okay. And then okay. I, I did have a temper problem when I was a kid, so every now and then I would snap. And some of those instances were not pretty. Yeah. Uh, there was there were points where I chased my brother with a knife. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, there was one, like, one time in, uh, ele- in, uh, in elementary school, uh, people were really giving me a hard time, and so I grabbed a chair, and I was like ready to like, actually start like bashing heads, and everybody ran for it. Is it just like uh, from like bullying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there's only so much uh, I could take, and so eventually I picked up a chair, and we we're like, "All right, that's, that's enough is enough." Yeah, I've seen moments like that happen with bullies a lot when I was younger too. Like, uh, I'm lucky. Like, I got a little bullied here and there too, but like, I had like a certain personality where like I just wouldn't give into their energy, mm-hmm. and like almost like I diffuse the situation by pretending I'm not frustrated by it, and then they walk away. But I've seen, yeah. Same thing as you, like somebody just getting bugged in an elementary school class, pick up a chair <laughs> and throw it in the right. direction. But, well, I mean, it yeah. wasn't even the bullies I was afraid of. It yeah. was the authority that I was afraid of. Because oh, wow. when we're yeah. going through school and I'm afraid to get kicked out or yeah. there's going to be something on my permanent record, I'm not going to make it to high school, that I'm going to fail at life. So it was never like the bullies that held me from retaliating. It was always authority. Yeah, yeah. From, from retaliation. So oh. my problem really isn't with the bullies. They don't know any better. They're brain. They're they're fucking idiots. It's it's authority. That yeah, I've it's had the, the, the whole with. system you were kind of like forced to adapt in when really like you want to handle the situation like right. a different way, a more primal way. Right. Because right. um, uh, one of one of the ways that I was instructed, uh, actually more recently, is like how to stand up to people is that think of it the way a warrior, a true warrior, thinks of it is a warrior practices their technique sharpens their sword and will pull it out when the time comes Mm. uh, but endeavors to put the sword away as quickly as possible so what i tell people and what i and what i and what i focus on now is that if if a person is being bullied go to war with these people because a bully will put in something that takes an effort value of one and get a three from the person they're bullying so they get a net gain of energy uh, so rather than give them that three or try to ignore it and they know they're getting it anyways, ramp it up to a 10 or a 15 or a 20 and actually make it not worth it for them to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, like uh, one, one fun one idea I had um, that I might instruct my kid to do is like do a science project where the person you're bullying where you say like this person has brain damage like and put that on the front of the page and just like humiliate the guy like actually go to war killing blows like everything you say or like action you make towards them like kind of like just diffuse it as hard and fast as possible yeah quickly like as effectively and as decisively as possible Mm -hmm. that's that's my new uh my new mentality but getting back to your game question so the idea is that uh snap is the alter ego 
which is what happens when shrimp has had enough and then snap will shave the beard off some ritual it's a weird ritual. <laughs> uh, and the reason why i was so ready to answer that is because that's also what i would do if i ever got into wrestling that okay would be okay my persona nice, I, nice. I would be a manager that's just like you yeah, know just nice be, be cool be chill and, you know see who are the who are the good people and who are the fuckers who you know like to make it harder for other people for some reason yeah yeah and then just like just lose it yeah yeah it's just like somebody like goes to hit somebody with a steel chair and ducks and hits you instead of like just being mm. the pushover ref <laughs> he like <laughs> he grabs another chair and starts beating somebody to death that's a good wrestling storyline by the way yeah. <laughs> do, do you watch a lot of like we nowadays or uh, well i i'm only able to keep up with wrestling because one of the podcasts i edit is called talking wrestling okay uh, cool, cool. Holds that. it's a great show yeah I really awesome it. yeah yeah and so i i'm actually more of a fan of wrestling now because of that show cool. so i know i can speak wrestling now but i don't regularly watch it yeah um i uh i used to be hardcore into it when i was in high school and then um years went by where i'm not watching it and i'd say for the past three four years i stumbled across stuff that's going on in japan called new New japan Japan, yeah. yeah and uh so i realized that like for the longest time i'm like oh yeah i grew out of wrestling i i, I don't like wrestling or anymore but the thing is, I don't like WE anymore, and I still very, very much like <laughs> wrestling, because like, there'd be like a New Japan show, it'd be like five hours long, and I'll just be sitting in front of my computer, like captivated, and I'd be like, oh, where the fuck did my day go? <laughs> Luckily, they only do like once a month on like WE, where they have like three a week, so maybe that's another thing where I can like keep up with it and still like enjoy what I enjoy about it, and like, yeah, yeah, so it's kind of went that went in full circle of my life yeah well, my my idea for like a wrestling program it would have to be a cartoon because i don't think this could be done but it would be about this wrestling promotion where they have the record for like the most different kinds of divisions so there's like there's lightweight there's heavyweight there's people with superpowers <laughs> nice and, nice. Then, and then there's like below the cruiserweights and lightweights there's people that have like a, uh, a disability wheelchairs <laughs> it's like a special like olympics yeah like the special the special fighters incredible and and and, and, and like um and and there's two and it's there's like a south parking humor to it too yeah, so yeah. it's like if you're sensitive this is not the show <laughs> yeah yeah but uh there's people who are like so bad that they actually have to fight their way out of like a special <laughs> division yeah so like a guy who's like fully bipedal got control of his arms has to beat somebody in crutches and he's afraid of losing because it's like oh i don't want to lose to the guy in crutches but then the other narrative side of it is the people who are in like the master class and they actually want to take on somebody with a superpower even though they don't have superpower yeah yeah but they can like up their rank if they like yeah. go for well, it well, it's funny because it's like um just from my in my experience in uh in playing uh, tournaments um uh, hopefully uh you guys will understand this i'll break it just down as well as i can but uh, in a fighting game, say like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, usually there's this thing called the tier list where all the characters are ranked based off their uh, efficacy in the tournament. So S rank are like, if you play these characters, you have nothing to worry about. A rank, still have nothing to worry about. They might be flawed in one way or the other. Yeah, and yeah. B rank is like, well, okay, hope you're good. Yeah. C rank is like, like what are you doing and d rank is like okay you obviously just came here to lose mm-hmm. and being a zelda fan i just i play link not because i care about the tier list because i like to represent him in the tournaments and 
I was there's there's some people that uh, really appreciate going through that trouble to to represent something when it there are easier ways to do it. And then there's another group of people that are like, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting yeah, your effort just on the this? meticulous like pro yeah. players have everything calculated? Yeah. So so that narrative thread is something that I'd be interested in exploring is like, why go through the effort of achieving something when it's so out of your realm? Like, why go up against somebody who can throw lightning mm-hmm. as a power and, and, a, and a person can't? Uh, because it, it calls into question that whole like the the struggle of trying to achieve something greater and how yeah, yeah. there's there's people who are inspired by that and that's usually how the narratives go. But then there's people that don't get it and yeah. that to me is an, is a narrative that I've seen a lot more recently. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and it's cool like how you uh, brought up like the fighting games because I noticed from the Street Fighter realm too. Like there's some people who do play these C and D characters. And it is possible to win with them, but it just takes so much extra work and right. effort where like if like the lightning bolt uh, yeah. reference is like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to throw at you or whatever. It's just like, okay, like I'm fighting a lightning guy. I got to got to worry, make sure my keys aren't on me here, <laughs> like no conductors. And there's like, you're just thinking of like... Like layers and layers of more things, but it's still possible to yeah. get in. And once you're close, just fucking beat the shit out of them. And right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I might uh, rant or like kind of uh, cut this off soon. I, I feel my voice is going. And I keep forgetting that we did another uh, podcast earlier. Right. I which, understand. Which, um, yeah, th- that was so much fun. And yeah, I appreciate uh, you having me on your show and happy to have you on mine this is like such a good talk even i feel like if my throat wasn't going i could have did like a three hour like marathon joe rogan style mm-hmm. with you but well, life is long yeah yeah it's true it's true but uh yeah thanks joe for coming out anything else you want to say well if i can just uh, go through the the stuff that i gotta plug um yeah if you find me on twitter it's at tiny enemy shrimp so any major uh updates uh i'll i will mention on my twitter feed uh, I have uh, my my brand is called the Giant Enemy brand, and uh, right if you go to YouTube, you can find Giant Enemy channel, uh, and uh, one of the shows that I do, well actually really the only show on there that I do is called uh, We're Not Pros, where my friend uh, Matt and I we, we we talk about games and we just go through different subjects and and again it's not like you don't have to worry about missing this week's episode because everything that we talk about is tries to be as timeless as possible. Um, my web comic is called Giant Enemy Comics. You can see my writing from there, uh, and then it's all kind of like converging into my brand, which was going to be Giant Enemy Company. Cool, cool, yeah. nice, nice. I love how calculated you are. I'm really <laughs> excited to see like your new podcast series and everything. And uh, yeah, for the people at home who are listening to this on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, anywhere else, I want to let you know if you go to www.girthradio.com. Every episode has its own page. You're going to see a picture of Joe in the studio, and we're going to have all his links on there if you can't remember him and, <laughs> or if you want to like follow his Twitter and keep up when he's going to release his new stuff. And, yeah, thanks again, man. Thank you. Cheers. I couldn't be happier. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to that. Like always, we're going to end this episode with a song. This one comes from all the way out in the U.K., 
from our pal Mimi. She's in a punk band called Dream Nails. And these tracks I'm going to play are so fun. One's called Vagina Police, and the other one's called Fascism is Coming. Get out of bed. If you're feeling this, go to dreamnails.bandcamp.com. You can get it on vinyl. You can pick up the digital download and also check out their past work and different types of merchandise and shirts and whatnot. They're rad as fuck. Listen, support it. Much love. See you guys next week. Ghost Radio. Your body is on your own. You have no autonomy. from the center of the earth, girth.